Hello, beautiful people. It's Maria Paith here with Maria's Angelic University with a new episode. And today I have a little bit of a treat for you. I had uh, started to work on a story that would help people understand soul and the journey of the soul and the mission of the soul and star seeds. And um, I got only so far. And actually, I wrote, you know, very little, like in, in hand script, it looks like it's about like, you know, five pages. And I had the plan for the rest of the story. And then I just let it be because um, life got busy and things were, you know, directing me to a more realistic way of supporting people in the here and now. And yet I feel like the story I want to share with you what I had written today because it has some purpose and some um, guidance that is so true about the soul and the soul's um, journey. And so um, not to, you know, spoil the the actual you know story in any way because we're not getting that far into it the I, I titled it in a working title the children of the quasar and at that time I didn't really go into you know digging about what the quasar was all about although I knew that it was a you know about star system and so when I look up the word you know quasar today it's um the there's not a true definition they they call it a pulsing star a rapid spinning neutron star and the remnants of a supernova explosion a quasar is in fact a distant galaxy with fluctuating blaze of light and other radiations coming from its central regions and then a little bit further, I see shining so brightly that they eclipse the ancient galaxies that contain them. Quasars are distant objects powered by black holes a billion times as massive as our sun. Astronomers call them quasar stellular radio sources or quasars because the signals come from one place like a star. And that was just um, a Google in, as I Google, you know, is Quasar a star? And uh, there isn't, I'm trying to think of it's um, www.space.com is where the definitions and the and pieces of information were gleaned from today. And um, I just think it's interesting because um, I have, you know, I, I didn't really look into it at that time. I just knew that Quasar was a cool name and it seemed like it was galactic. But I feel like in many respects, I had been called to learn a little bit more. And I just, I dropped, you know, I dropped the, um, I dropped the, the, the feed, the, the energy, the, um, sometimes the current of support that I was getting at that time. And again, focused on more, you know, requirements at hand for me to do my spiritual work and my soul coaching with people in my office and, and teach classes and such. But um, so here is the, the story. You might hear the pages rustle just a little bit. Um, here's the beginning of the story. Children of the Quasar. 
in a small rural area in Iowa. Selena is welcomed into the world by her great-grandmother, Clorinda, and her mother, Susanna. Susanna, having labored for 26 hours, lay exhausted and exhilarated by the birthing process. Her grandmother, Clorinda, simply amazed her as a midwife. Clorinda had massaged every ache. Her hands were firm and healing. She supported breath work, a form of cure of, of conscious breathing to redirect pain into useful and powerful healing energy. Grandmother Clorinda was a master of her trade. The baby, Selena, came into this world calm and free of chemicals or invasive machines, delivered with expert loving hands by a true human master of healing and love. Selena now lay at Susanna's breast, nursing the rich colostrum filled with nutrients and antibodies so important as a foundation of strength and protection. Selena's small and downy soft cheeks puffed as she suckled happily at breast. She fell asleep, as did her mother Susanna, while bonding physically for the first time in a century to her new human experience. Sometime in that moment, Selena both remembered and forgot her mission as one of the Quasar star children. In the highest realms of heaven, six angelic quasar guides watched with eager anticipation as the new children were birthed one by one into their chosen earth family units. The child Socrates was born to a lonely teenage girl who chose to place the child up for adoption. Socrates felt lost and lonely himself, remembering that he was to help bring love into this lifetime, this community, this cold, hard world. For a moment, he felt the golden warmth of Christ's love and remembered love, and then he felt the lonely, desperate space that he had been birthed into. And he vowed to eliminate this loneliness from his lifetime. As a little soul, he slept. He visited with the six council members and once more they reviewed his mission Currently, he implored, I wish I'd never been born, and yet the six council angels reminded him of how important his current life would be to the aid of humankind. The six angels promised to be close at hand, but reminded Socrates that he would feel 
the range of human emotions on the road to wisdom, tragedy, challenge, conflict, depression, weakness, shame, and eventually back to peace. Socrates woke again in his human world and felt immediate despair. A caring, nurturing male nurse picked him up and offered Socrates his first bottle. He was warm and cuddled and cooed at and admired, for Socrates' aura of gold was very evident to Stephen, the nurse, that day. He recognized the qualities of a great soul as he held the child for both personal comfort and as a protective father. Bonded with Socrates, and he pledged to find a way to care for him, possibly adopt him. Socrates was secretly named by Stefan that day, and the journey began for the two that day to be continued, right? So that is as far as I got. What do you think? (laughs) I have um, a little bit of an outline of other ideas here. I named each of the angels. I I, um, listed colors for them, the six, um, the six, angels that will be protecting the six quasar children that are going to be birthed into the earth. And um, there are, you know, other characters that I had imagined uh, would be would be in this in this journey as well to explain in story what souls actually, you know, come to do. And there's so much truth in this. I've I have experienced um, from reading, from doing, from reading books like, you know, Lives Between Lives, um, and like experiencing readings in my own in my own office with people who share near-death experiences, and also with some hypnosis that I have been known to do on time to time, and past life regression. It's a really powerful experience to go into any kind of past life. And um, I myself have done have worked with a practitioner to, you know, have my own past lives reviewed and um, several times actually. And um, maybe someday I'll share that idea. But today it's about, you know, why do we come? What's our mission? And what is life, you know, really about? And I have to say that life is about the experience of all the ranges of emotions And regularly, when we find challenge, like we have this past year, so many of us have found so many challenges, Um, some people with work, some people losing, you know, 
treasured family members and friends to COVID, some people losing them to other situations that, you know, are typical of um, our everyday existence, like heart conditions and and accidents and, um, and sometimes even, you know, suicides and, and murder. Um, people are extremely volatile and it is this volatility, this sensitivity, this ability that we have to feel the range of emotions that we actually come in here for. The earth allows us this, this human body, this, you know, human suit that we put on allows us these ranges of emotions. And we simply have forgotten because we enter what they call the veil. Um, and through, you know, through this veil, we are really released of all of our past experiences in life and conditions because the human condition requires it. Our mind cannot encapsulate the totality of our soul. If we tried to encapsulate it all, it would really debilitate us because there is so much that is, again, the totality of our soul. So on this earth, what do you do? On this earth, what can we do? We, I believe in asking the Holy Spirit to support forgiveness, forgiveness for the condition that we sometimes find ourselves in, whether we are being hateful or we find hatefulness around us or we find that people um, in general are just struggling so and, and we are anxious with them or frustrated with them or impatient with them and you need forgiveness for yourself. So ask the Holy Spirit to support forgiveness in you. And to practice this idea of inward peace. And peace comes from inner peace. We must place a calm in our hearts. We must train our minds to think in a consistent pattern of goodness, of positivity, because the spirit needs that to remember the soul's mission the earthly condition is so devastating and so transfixing and so captivating because we said as a soul, I got this, I can handle this. But in the story, this first, you know, little clip here, when I, when I share about um, the two children, the first one, Selena is, you know, born in, in a, a space of love and she has, you know, a mothering um, experience with her, not just the, with her, you know, great grandmother who's delivering her and um, Susanna, her mother. And, and you can just, you know, feel the nurturing as it's described by that child in third person that, you know, she, it's not described by the child, it's described in third person that she, you know, simply um, felt, you know, this bonding that with her mother. And then in contrast, we have Socrates, who's born to the teenage girl and then never really meets his mother and is immediately put up for adoption. And 
has, you know, a, a meeting with the council because there's so much turmoil in those first few hours of his life. And so he has a meeting with the angel councils and they implore him to stay because he has an important mission. And I have experienced this many times that some of the people that have had the most excruciating childhood background experiences sometimes, oftentimes, have the greatest mission. And they can see it as a tragedy or a group of tragedies or atrocities, or they can see it as the challenges that made them that much stronger, that gave them the courage and determination and the sense of, of drive and even the range of emotions and the wisdom that comes with that to actually complete their pledge, to complete their mission. And it is through toil and turmoil that we learn the most it is not through the, you know, here, honey, have another piece of candy because I love you. It's like, you know, here, you must learn this. You are going to walk to school by yourself. And on the other end of this is, you know, a great day and recess and lunch and a little bit of, you know, bookwork and you know, new teacher, new friends. And that's going to be your reward. Now, walk to school. You know the way. Go for it. And that first, you know, experience of just simply walking to school by yourself, or maybe it was with a group of friends, but it was still an experience of being out in this big world alone, could have felt like a horrible challenge. And yet, because there was such euphoria on the other end, like this new school day, and that could be frightening to to some people too, this like meet new people. Oh my gosh. And, and, um, you know, learn something. Oh my gosh, I have to be challenged. And all of that is about really the full breadth of the human experience, the full journey of humanity. And what would we be without our tragedies and our difficulties, but, you know, just coddled children. So it is, really through the challenges that we awaken and it's through the challenges that we're taught. And then as you become an adult, you have two choices in terms of free will. And we can call these free will choices many, many, many different kinds of choices that we have every day. You know, should I eat the spinach or should I eat the ground beef? And, you know, am I supposed to go out, you know, and should I wear my boots or should I wear my tennies? You know, and do I need to um, love that person or this person? Should I marry that one or this one? Should I go to this work or that work? Should I, you know, um, find uh, this friendship or that friendship? There's a lot of free will choices, but there's only two one direction is towards love and the other direction is towards suffering. So I just got done saying that our challenges teach us, right? But our mind and our soul know that some of these choices that we make are in the true vein of love. And it's, I'm not talking about romantic love. And I'm not talking about baby love. It's all about me. I'm talking about the unconditional, full-on love that is available 
for all that we do, that we are loving the work that we're doing, that we are loving the people we're around, that we are loving ourselves, that we are honoring, again, the food that we're that we're growing or that we're eating or that we are serving, that we are honoring the clothes that we put on our back and the opportunities we have in front of us and that we see that, that even though there may be a challenge, it is a love, it is an honor, it is an opportunity, it is growth. And then on the other side of that, there is so much to be grateful for and so much reward. It is in the way that we see with our mind. And we have been trapped or conditioned to think that, you know, things um, come easy with money or that, you know, if you work, 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 but but we don't even look at work um, sometimes and think that could be suffering. You know, people that are putting in more than 40 hours a week is suffering. And it's a choice that they make to, um, and it, to them it's not suffering because they find that it's rewarding and that the other side of that there is, you know, goodness. And again, that's a mindset where one person will see that working or dealing with a, a an autistic child is a miracle and another will see that it's a burden for the rest of their lives. And it just depends on your choice of whether you're going to choose love or whether you're going to choose suffering. And it's directed through the heart. That's how better decisions are made. So when you are asking yourself a thousand decisions in every day, some will filter through the heart and some you just know because you've made those decisions before. But when you're little, Everything is a game, everything is a journey, everything is an opportunity. And what we don't feel in the heart teaches us grave, grave lessons. And as we grow older, if we don't learn those lessons, well, the severity of the gravity of the pain and the suffering gets worse. In any case, if you enjoyed the beginning of this little story that I started years ago, let me know. Either, you know, comment or send me a message on email or through, um, you know, Facebook. Just let me know if you think I should continue that story because I'm wondering if it, you know, captured anybody's attention or if it was of interest um, or if you have an idea of your own you want to share with me. I look forward to connecting with you again. It has been wonderful to meet you this week. Um, I am going to be hosting A Course in Miracles for lessons from A Course in Miracles. There are hundreds and hundreds of messages, message, lessons from A Course in Miracles, but four lessons from A Course in Miracles I'm going to be hosting this Saturday. Um, and it is March of 2021. And so this Saturday, I believe the date is the 13th. Um, and so from 10 to, to noon, if you're interested in that, you can search Eventbrite or you can search my website for events and um, sign up for that. Just a one, one um, two-hour class on Zoom and you can join from anywhere and it's recorded and you can watch it from anywhere. So I look forward to seeing some of you in class this weekend. I look forward to hearing about what you think on this little quasar story. And I look forward to next week when we meet again. 
God bless you, keep you safe and full of love and light, and choose more love, my friends. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Angelic University Podcast with Maria Pate. I want to welcome you to our Angelic University community, where you can dive in with the angels on a deeper level to really work to your soul's missions. Please find options at patreon.com slash Maria Paith. That's patreon.com slash Maria Paith. M-A-R-I-A-P-E-T-H. I'll see you inside Angelic University. Thank you so much for listening and God bless.